Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. And a special welcome to all of you, our guests. Have you had your own round of applause? Can we welcome our guests, please? Um, I do, as, as you were hearing that reading, I did sort of think, I wonder what you'll all be thinking as you saw these words. Um, maybe not just our guests, because these words are, are not entirely straightforward, and I have about 15 minutes or so to help provide a bit of clarity. Um, but I just want to start by um, reminding all of you about um, Talitha. Um, oh, look, what's she got on her head? That's very sweet. So the, the name Talitha comes from um, an account in the Bible where Jesus resurrects a little girl. And I know you both know this because that's you know, part of the reason you gave her this name. And we are in a series at the moment as a church looking at the resurrection. And I want to speak to you tonight about what happens when we get to the end of our lives and the message of hope that we have as believers, as Christians, of what lies beyond this life. So that's what I'm going to speak about. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a look at these words together. So, Lord, we want to thank you for Talitha this evening. We want to thank you that uh, through this story in Scripture that we are reminded that you are a God of resurrection, a God of hope. And I pray for us this evening as we look at these words that you would fill us with hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to ask a question. How many of you, I'm hoping that some of you watched the coronation yesterday on television. Are you serious? Is that it? Wow. I asked this earlier and every hand went up. Some of you just, I'll ask again. Who watched the coronation on on telly? Okay, interesting. Wow. Um, Was anyone there? Westminster Abbey. I mean, that would be very exciting. No, nobody was there. Um... It was um, an extraordinary service, and and some people who watched it uh, have used these words to explain it, that it was glorious and powerful. And in fact, these are two words that appear in our reading that we've just had, and I'm going to come back to them a little bit later on. But um, there was a particular moment, if you uh, watched it or if you didn't, when um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, took the crown and sort of very intentionally and slowly lowered it onto the head of King Charles. Uh, And we're all sort of holding our breath, thinking, is that actually going to wobble off? And then he sort of ducked down and adjusted it a bit and rammed it on a bit more, just for good measure, to make sure it wasn't going to come off. And we all sort of breathed a sigh of relief. Phew, the crown is on. Um, But it marked a transition period from this man being the prince of Wales transiting through to being King Charles III. And in many ways, he is the same man, but in other ways, he's very different today because he has been enthroned. And so for him, there was this sense of continuity, but there's also a huge sense of transformation in his life now. And this is uh, what I want to speak about briefly this evening, continuity and transformation, because it speaks of 
resurrection and the words that we've just read in 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to think about not just the resurrection of Jesus, but our resurrection as followers of Jesus. God's great plan to rescue this world began with Jesus coming into the world. But there is more than this. And God is continuing to redeem and restore and renew and recreate this world and everything in it. And that will reach its climax when Jesus returns. And you and I stand this side of the cross and the resurrection. We have the privilege of of hearing the good news of Jesus that we've been looking at in this passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that Jesus was buried, and on the third day, according to the Scriptures, Jesus rose again. And we also have the privilege of having the hope of the resurrection. Last week, Alyssa was speaking to us as we were thinking about the fact that those in Christ, those who have faith, when we reach the end of this life, can look forward to resurrection. And that's what we're going to look at tonight through these words of Scripture. But I want to just backtrack quickly first. If you have a Bible with you, have a look at verse 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. St. Paul writes this, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. We read a few times in the Bible about falling asleep. St. Paul isn't writing about uh, a nap. He's not talking about having some sleep overnight, but instead about what happens after we reach the end of our lives. Paul writes that actually that what happens when we reach the end of our lives, humanly speaking, is we, we fall asleep in Christ. And I find this language very helpful. Think about sleep for a moment. When you go to sleep at night, if you sleep well, you close your eyes, and in the blink of an eye, you wake up, and it's morning, and time passes quickly. This is the language Paul's using in 1 Corinthians 15 that when we take our last breath, we sleep in Christ. And then he says, in the blink of an eye, we read that in verse 52, we will rise again, resurrected, made alive with Christ. Now, the Bible's clear that, you know, lots of Christians think, well, don't Christians, when they die, go to heaven? But it doesn't say that at all in the Bible. We've just prayed the Lord's Prayer. We prayed, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so, rather than us going to heaven, God's plan is that he comes to earth, first in Christ, and then when Jesus returns, God's kingdom and his goodness and his, his power will be made manifest fully when Jesus returns. And at that point, those who follow Jesus will be resurrected. So St. Paul writes about two types of bodies in verse 44, a natural body and a spiritual body. And this can be a bit confusing. Perhaps another way to, to think of it is an earthly body that we inhabit now in this life and then a resurrection body that we will have when Jesus returns. Now, if all of this is making your head throb, uh, you are not alone. It's hard to understand. You know, we're not God We don't see as God sees. We don't understand as God understands. But there are some examples that can help us in our understanding. 
Think for a minute about Jesus. He, he rose again from the dead. And on the third day, he appears to Mary in the garden. We read it in John's Gospel. And Mary sees Jesus, hears Jesus speaking, but doesn't recognize him. And it's only when Jesus says her name, Mary, that she turns to him and says, Rabboni, teacher. She recognizes him for the first time. Jesus looked different but similar. There was a sense of continuity, but also a total transformation in who he is. And the same could be true for um, baptism. And Natalie was talking about the fact that we're going to have some baptisms at the end of June. And we prayed these words over Talitha that one day we pray she will come to a faith of her own. And that's why tonight you've given thanks for her and dedicated her in the hope that one day she will say, I want to declare my own faith and be baptised. And as people are baptised in this water, wherever it is, they come out of the water and we are a new creation in Christ. That's what we read in the Bible. The old has gone, the new has come. And so baptism is another example of, as we come to faith, how we are similar but different. There is continuity, but there is also transformation. And we read here in this passage that this transformation comes from God. But let's drill a bit more into what happens to our bodies. First of all, Paul says in verse 42 that our earthly bodies, the ones we inhabit now, are perishable. In other words, they don't last forever. When we die, our bodies are weak and fragile usually, and death brings the end of our earthly lives. In contrast, he says our resurrection bodies will be eternal, verse 42. They are imperishable. They will be glorious and we will be raised in power, verse 44. And all of this is God's great plan to renew and restore and resurrect the earth and everything in it. We read at the end of the Bible in Revelation 21 about a a new heaven and earth but a much better translation is renewed heaven and earth because God's not just going to throw away this earth and everything in it but he will recreate it and resurrect it. Jesus was the first sign of that resurrection and then all God's people and then the whole earth and everything in it. And that's why in verses 45 to 49, we read about Adam. So have a look at these verses. It says, Adam is the first man. He represents our earthly body. He represents sin and death. But it goes on to say that all that happened through Adam was redeemed by the second man, the heavenly man, verse 48, who is Jesus, who has brought forgiveness and redemption and new life to us. And on that day when Jesus returns, we will be recreated, renewed and resurrected. And in verse 49, we read that on that day, we will bear the image of the heavenly man, of Jesus. In other words, when Christ returns, we will fulfill the mandate that God had from the very beginning in Genesis 1, 27, to be 
image bearers of God himself. And that has been tainted through our sin, but will be resurrected and restored when Christ returns. And on that day, we will rise again in bodily form. We will reflect the true image of God. And our bodies will look similar, but different to the way they are now. Our bodies will look far more glorious than they are now. And our bodies will last for eternity. This is a message of hope that death is not the end. And as Christians, we have a sure and certain hope of a bodily, physical resurrection when Jesus Christ returns. To be a Christian means to be a little Christ. To reflect God's image in this world now and to do so for eternity as we dwell with him when Christ returns. This is the wonder and the joy and the awe and the mystery and the hope of the resurrection. You know, King Charles is not the only one who will be crowned. The Bible says that all believers will be crowned with an imperishable crown, a crown of rejoicing, a crown of righteousness, a crown of glory, and a crown of life. And just like those 24 elders that we read about in Revelation chapter 4, when you and I face Jesus, we will bow down and we will take off that crown and lay it at his feet in awe and worship and in thanksgiving for all that Christ has done for us, his love for us, his forgiveness for us, and the wonder of resurrection. And for a world that has very little hope beyond this life, we have an eternal hope, a sure and certain hope. And so I'm going to pray for us now, and we're going to then return to worship. And I want to pray for hope for us. I want to pray for might be even just one of you here tonight who doesn't yet know the Lord as your saviour, who hasn't turned to Christ. Maybe some of you who are afraid of death. And I want to pray for you. And then we're going to stand and sing and praise God together. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonder of your rescue plan for us and for the whole of creation. Thank you that you love each one of us so much that you have sent your Son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die for us and to rise again. And so, Lord, tonight we turn away from our sin. We turn towards you. And we thank you that you are a God full of mercy and grace and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that your love is so great for us that you have won for us an eternity that you have conquered death and that as followers of you we can look forward to a resurrection body 
to a time when there will be no suffering or pain or death. And so tonight, Lord, we turn to you and we thank you and we praise you. And I ask that you would fill us with hope now. Just pray especially for anyone here tonight who is fearful of death. The hope of our risen Lord fill you now. The hope of the truth of our resurrection fill you now. And Lord, we look to that day when we will stand face to face with you. And our hearts are full of praise and thanksgiving. And so, Lord, come and inhabit our, our praises. As we thank you tonight for Talitha, Lord, we thank you for what she symbolises, her name in Scripture, that you are a God of resurrection. And so as we stand and worship you now, fill your church, fill us with praise and thanksgiving. In the mighty, powerful name, Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.